got pup, we got puppy farts going on here. <laughs> puppy farts. Two. The Jungle Book, best Jungle. movie of all time. Wow. That's that's, that's my a, hot that's take. That's a hot take. All right. Lion King is a oh, Siri. One sec. No, not Siri. Siri. We said Sue. I'm having some trouble with the connection. Please try again in a moment. No thanks. It's a boy named Sue. Sue. Oh, that's a burp, huh? Yeah. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to What the Hell Do I Do Now? I'm your host, Genevieve Henderson, and I am so excited that you've tuned in. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, Send it to your friends and family, anyone who resonates with the things we talk about. So, here we go, y'all. Hope you enjoy. Before, before we start to play too much, tell me a little, like, just give me kind of a quick rundown of your college career. Of mine? Yeah. Okay. My college career... Played soccer college town said, Wow, I've never gotten the reverse of this. That's why I wanted to ask beforehand because I didn't want to ask. Well, <laughs> let, let's save it for the podcast if no one's ever asked you for it. No, um, I mean, well, we're rolling. Oh, then definitely. We're good to go. Okay, my college career went to college Charleston in South Carolina, goalkeeper, freshman year, redshirted, mm -hmm. and was. I traveled. It was kind of nice because I traveled and our team was small enough that we could do that. Sophomore, split time. Junior started playing, senior started playing, my redshirt senior year, played for the most part, kind of started to split time towards the end, mm -hmm. had a good time, kind of thought about playing after, then like kind of wanted to make money, not have practice, and I hurt my shoulder, I like partially tore my labrum, yeah. and then hurt my meniscus, like I just like had nagging stuff and I was like, I feel like I should probably just stop. Yeah, call it quits. Yeah. And then, but yeah, college Charleston was fun. When we came in, we were a group of 10 freshmen. Okay. There's a lot of us, and we had just changed conferences. So we went from the SOCON, where we were pretty good, to the CAA, which we were not very good. Yeah. Until, by the time I got to my junior year, senior year, we were fine. We were competitive. Pretty competitive. Yeah. Great experience. Loved my coach, hated him sometimes. Yeah. As you as well do, I guess. Sorry. I played in the field one year. Okay. My sophomore year, because I. <laughs> gonna solve this problem. Found a toy. Sorry, all you listeners. <laughs> There's a very intent oh. dog. He's just digging up all the toys. Yeah. Toys I didn't even know we still had. <laughs> um, sophomore year, I played on the field. I didn't play on the field, but I switched from playing the goal okay. to playing on the field. I guess it was my junior year, not sophomore year. So okay. I didn't play at all as a junior year. But yeah, I was like really not enjoying it, but I didn't want to quit. Mm -hmm. And luckily my coach could have easily said like, well, you're going to play a goal, you're not going to play at all yeah. on this team. And he was very nice and just said, sure, like whatever you need to say yeah. on the team. Like, you want to play on the field, play on the field. Yeah. So I played on the field and then we got a new goalkeeper coach and I was like, I really like this new person, this yeah. new coach and went back to the goal. Nice. And it was great. Nice. Yeah. What about, how big was your team? 
We had 34 girls. Okay. Anywhere from like 30 to 34. It was big compared to some of the teams that my friends played on. I don't, I, I, I don't I mean, remember how big the soccer team was at CU. Um, I don't feel like it was 34 though. No, we had I a I feel lot. like it was significantly smaller than that. Like, I would say somewhere Average in the like 26, yeah. which was nice, but also I think made it difficult. My freshman year, we had 28 or 27. So everyone was able to travel, but then once we got a ton more people, it was always kind of like everyone, the traveling team, traveling roster would leave and yeah. there'd be 15 girls left behind. Yeah. So that was always like, that definitely had a dynamic. Um, no one really quit though. Really? On our team. I like, the so did most of the people that you came, like the 10 that you came in with, most of them stayed? Except one. Okay. Uh, quit or transferred? Yeah, I guess except two. Okay. I came in with 10, That's and then good. the eight I came in with, the other eight graduated with us. Yeah. But yeah, it I've was I've heard fun. good things about Charleston, I've never been, but. It's so great. Yeah. I had to leave. A lot of drinking, a lot of food. Yeah. In the beach and not as fun as Colorado. There's not as much to do. And you've been here for two years? Four, wait, Four years. 2019. Okay. July of 2019. But I moved and coached at MSU Denver. Mm-hmm. Worked like 60 to 80 hours a week. Didn't really like meet anyone out here. Didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Code hit. Um, and then I quit. I didn't resign my contract and yeah. then I started school. Yeah, I didn't really like start Colorado things until I'd say 2020. Yeah. Because you're born and raised. Yep. Never plan on leaving? No. No, I, I lived in Chicago for a year right really? after college. Yeah. What part? Uh, right in Wrigleyville. Oh, okay. A little bit north. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived in Chicago for just, just for the year right after college. Um, for work? For fun? For a little bit of both. I like I love Colorado and I know I want to be here um, for the long term, but I figured if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go live in another city at, at any point, I might as well be right out of college. So I took a job that I knew I knew there was gonna be a chance that they could transfer me back to Colorado after being there for a year. It was a company that had like they had just opened a Denver office, but their rules were that you had to work out of their main office in Chicago for a year before transferring to one of their satellite offices. So I did that thinking, okay, well after I can go live there for a year and then I can either like transfer and come back to Denver with this job. It's just a job that I'm taking so that I can live in a new city. I can, I can just quit and find a new job back in Denver. So yeah, lived, lived there for a year. And what was it that you were doing? I was working for a logistics company. You know, I didn't care for the job necessarily, but met some great people, met some friends that are lifelong friends now that, you know, in a short amount of time became really close with them. And yeah, but Chicago is like, it's a drinking town, Yeah. you know, like you're going to, you're going to go out on a Thursday night, Friday night, you're going to go booze with your friends. Brunch on Saturday, brunch on Sunday. Yeah. Brunch Saturday, brunch Sunday, yeah. might go to a game at Wrigley and booze in the bleachers, you know, you go out to dinner and booze at dinner. You're going to go booze on the beach at Lake Michigan yeah. too, you know. If you're going to go do something outside, you're like, you're packing a cooler and you're going to go booze there. If you're lucky enough to know someone with a boat, you're going to go booze on the boat. <laughs> that was know? the first thing I, when I went to Chicago in August, got off the plane and we went from the plane to a boat. Yeah, I never was a big drinker or partier, like kind of grew into it in college a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. very few times overdid it. Sorry for the background. 
dog whining. Sue just wants to have a little conversation. Yeah, he just wants to join in. Got sick of that aspect pretty quick. I was like, all right, I, I'd love to go do something else other than booze. Yeah. You know, so me and my, the guy that moved out there with me was one of my good friends from high school. And I convinced him to move out there with me without a job. And he did, which was awesome. We kind of made a, a habit of trying to go to a bunch of different sporting events. You know, so like we'd go up to a Brewers game, we'd go out to Ann Arbor, and we went to a game at the big house. Tried to tried to fill our time with some other stuff rather than rather than just be stuck in Chicago boozing all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then made it back here, and I don't think I plan on leaving. I'd, I'd love to live like up in the mountains on the West Slope or something. And yeah, that's my get, get out of the city. I mean, I guess since you're from here, it's it was a little different uh, for you, but. When I moved out to Denver, everyone was like, you're moving to the mountains. Yeah. And then living in Denver, I'm like, this is you're not the not, mountains. Denver is not the mountains. Live no. in a city. like a mount- It's the biggest city I've ever lived in. I'm yeah. like, this is the furthest I've ever been from like like a natural... Playground? Yeah. yeah like like yeah, mountains I, or the beach. Yeah, like I grew whatever. up on the beach or on the river. Yeah. And then Charleston was the same. Beach and then a coastal. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a city. And it's it didn't used to... Obviously, it didn't used to be this big. It's so busy. Yeah, it's busy, it's big, it's a little much for me most of the time. I know. It's a little much for Sue, too. Sue is too much. It's too much, but... Well, maybe we'll find each other up in the That'd be great. So, do you, with the podcast, are most of the people that you interview college athletes, is that what you focus on, or do you College professional, like, but it's always people who are done. Yeah. It's usually not people who are still playing, mainly because there's a couple of people I think it would be interesting to talk to who thought they were going to be done and then they Continue. kept playing somehow, like figured out, you know, how to keep playing. Yeah. But for the most part, everyone either played college or professional, semi-professional. Yeah. Most of them, well, it started as like my friends and then their friends and then random people. Sure. Who... We had some connection that we were able to like get in touch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say collegiate, some professional, probably six, seventy, forty, seventy-three. Okay. Seventy-three. Yeah. Collegiate. Um, and is it yeah. is it a range of sports or do you have most like? I try to make it a range. Yeah. I I want to get like just any kind all of sport, range. all yeah. sports. With ones that are at like a higher level where that's kind of what you're doing for whether it's education or income. It's just fun like I just get to have conversations and it's especially the first person I interviewed was my roommate in college Rio and she's like one of my best friends Rio. No way. My best friend's name is Rio. (laughs) My best friend's name well, his, his name's Romero. Okay. But he goes by... Wow. He goes by... Like, his nickname in the U.S. is Rio because it's just easier for people to say than Romero. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We honestly, we never meet Rios. She's the only girl Rio I've ever met. So we... So, That's so funny. He's my best friend, and uh, it, his name's Rio, obviously, which in Spanish is River. And one of my teammates at CU, who was one of my best friends, his name is River. And oh so we'd, we'd go out, and we'd go places, and I'd have, like... One, like my buddy named River and my buddy named Rio, and we, and you know, we'd introduce we'd introduce people and we'd say, hey, have you met you know have you met River? Have you met Spanish River? You know, just I'd be like, these guys are playing a joke. Like, yeah, this right. Isn't, like, this isn't real. All right. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. yeah. She was my first person I interviewed, 
And it was one of those where I felt like I knew her so well. And then we talked about our experiences and her experience was vastly different than mine. Sure. And then what I thought hers was. Sure. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. If clearly there's a disconnect between Definitely. Like, what how? I think and what everyone thinks. Yeah. And how you deal with it. And so then I started talking to my friends and it was like similar, obviously we had the same coach, we had the same team, but then it was very different how they dealt with it after, how they dealt with it during, like what their life looks like now, what their relationship with soccer or working out or whatever it might be. So that was kind of where it was like, oh, at first I thought it would all sound the same, but every single person has like such a different Definitely. So different. And it like you can get that on a team of 26 people, a team of 11 people, a yeah. team of 120 people, you yeah. know, everyone's, everyone's experiences, thoughts, lessons learned, whatever, are all so much different. So my best friend there, she, her and her husband did one together, he played tennis, Okay. she played soccer, they met in college, making out on the dance floor, There you go. and one of my favorite videos I have, <laughs> but they did an interview together, and it was interesting because Mare was on, it was like very team-centric, like, being on a soccer team. Yeah. And being on a tennis team too, but like you're playing by yourself. Right. So it's interesting the differences, but also like a lot of similarities yeah. between that. And he still plays. Tennis is also like you can just go play tennis. You can't just go play football. I mean, yeah. you could go throw football, but like, hey, you could go talk to someone in the park. Yeah, you can. Like, I'm not, not going to go over very well, no. right? You might get a little. You can go play flag football, but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. So it was interesting. What was your what was your team dynamic like? Mm. You know what? Think about compare the difference between your high school soccer team and your college soccer team. High school was fun. We like ordered pizza one time and like cupcakes, and we just like hung out and ate at practice. Okay. We had five people from our club team, and then the rest were just like wanted to play because they like playing soccer. Yeah. But they weren't ever gonna like continue playing. Yeah. Any and so it was very like lighthearted form. Club was a little bit more intense, but like still kind of similar. And was that a group that you'd grown up playing with for a long time? Or? Mm, kind of. So I switched club teams my junior year. Okay. Well, I guess going into yeah junior year, I was grounded this summer, and I was switched club teams. And oh no! What'd you do? I was speeding. Uh oh. Um, the speed limit used to be sixty-five, and then they changed that week to forty-five. <laughs> I was going 73. Okay. And so the guy waved. He didn't even put his lights on. He just waved. He's just like, yeah, you, you know you got to go. The car I had at the time, the same headlight kept going out, and you had to take it in to get it changed. Yeah. Only the left front headlight. And I was like, it's my dad's car. Like, oh, sorry. And um, it was also it was a Subaru WRX five-speed turbo. Okay. I got so many speeding tickets. Yeah. Stupidest car that my dad could have ever given me. <laughs> Anyways, got, uh, almost got a felony. License would have been gone for a year. Yeah. I started crying, dropped the tears. Like, I was so, in any other situation, like, if I was anyone else, I would have fucked. I was just, like, a white girl driving. He happened to know my stepdad. Yeah. Which was nice, but also didn't go over well, because that was the first call he made. Right. Um, Got there wasn't, there wasn't any hype. No way. Yeah. That makes me mad. It's like when I say it, I'm like, that's so fucked. But <laughs> got let off with a warning. Went on with my day. Got home. I was dog sitting that morning. I remember I got home. My mom called me. And it was like, my parents are divorced. And my mom and dad don't talk. And so 
when my mom called, I was like, no fucking way, she knows. Like, yeah, oh, she knows. She was like, yeah, so I got a call from your stepmom. And I was like, it's weird. Why? She was like, will you tell me? And then they'd already worked out a punishment. Yeah. I'd been grounded the whole summer I got grounded. So my only free time was to go to soccer. Okay. So I joined this new team, and I had been on the same club team for probably like six years, and it was all these girls I grew up with, six or seven years. And I joined another club, a different club team, and it was two girls that I used to play with. We all moved to this new club team. I ended up getting to know them very well. Yeah. The, I was like, I'm grounded. All this I can do is go play do. soccer, so yeah. I just, every day, was like, does anyone want to play? Yeah, please. So I, I got really close with them, and they were very, very good. Everyone was committed by junior year to Not D1 nice. programs. Like, they were super good. That's a hell of a team, huh? Yeah. It was yeah. a very, like, one-off team. It wasn't, like, it wasn't a big club. Yeah. Um, so team dynamic there was, like, still kind of lighthearted. Team dynamic in college. Wow, this is a really long answer. Yeah, well, we got distracted by the speeding tickets. So. That's true. I know. That was, like, an unnecessary mission, but... Uh, I had to ask. I felt necessary. Um, we all say that um, our coach did a good job recruiting us because we all got along very well. Okay. And so I feel like there wasn't much drama on the team. Um, there, there's nothing more drama on my, some of my friends who didn't go to our school. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's always like typical, like you get annoyed with each other because you spend 24-7 with them, but right. it probably could have been way worse. I don't know. It was a very supportive group. Yeah. I, at least I did. Maybe it was just my friends. I don't know. Who knows? I feel like we got really lucky. Yeah. What about y'all? You how many people are on? 120. Wow. So you get like, you get 105 people in fall camp, 120 during the rest of the season. Just walk-ons and transfers. Yeah, the rest. Well. Or spring. Either walk-ons or people who at the time like if you transferred you had to sit out a year so like wow. didn't make sense for them to bring you into fall camp right yeah, okay. so because you weren't gonna play at all so. It is a lot, but a lot then there's, I, I forget how many you're allowed to travel and send to games. My first two years, the, the head coach was John Embryon, and he traveled with a lot less than what you are allowed to travel with. I think you could travel with 60-something. I'm completely making that up, but um, I, believe it. I, think he, I think he traveled with like 53 or something like that, way less than what you were allowed to. Yeah. Do you think that affected the dynamic? No. No, honestly, what affected the dynamic mostly was that you have 120 guys in the locker room. There's no way out of 120 people you're going to like everybody, right? You're not, you're not going to like everybody on a team of 34 people, yeah. right? You, you might get lucky and have a team of 34 people where you're best friends with six of them and yeah. then you can tolerate the rest of them or and I guess that's like what happened you're, with you're buddies with the rest of them but you're not like super tight with them out of 120 people you're going to be especially like with my personality like I'm going to be best friends with maybe like three or four people buddies with 20 to 30 people don't really cross paths with 80 people the and then like 15 people like actively dislike yeah. you know and like really really don't want anything to do with do you, you think know? that's like what most football teams would? I think that every football team, college football team, has like there's always that dynamic, but how severe it is or how much of an impact it has depends on what the success of the program is. Yeah. 
right? Like if, if you've got that many people and you know, you've definitely got these different friend groups, different relationships, people trust people at different levels. It doesn't really matter if you're all do, if you're winning, right? If things are going well, everybody, you're winning, everything's going great. Those types of little beefs and whatnot are squashed pretty quickly, right? Because at the end, at the end of the day, even if, even if my, my locker's next to somebody that I hate, if we're winning games, everybody's having fun. Yeah. No one's like, you know, no one's bitching too much. That's true. Right? But if things are good. I went up to see you at a time when it was a losing program. And our first two years, we were a losing program. Our third year, we won three or four games. And then my fourth year, we won three or four games again. But but of the nine that we lost, seven of them were by less than one score. And so like all... At that point, we were we were competitive, and then you know the next then the next year they won the Pac-12 South. Wow. Um, you know, so like it was definitely a culture shift of hey, we're getting better, we're getting better, we're getting better. Certainly for the first two years, it was like it, it was really tough because you get all of these kids that get recruited from high school. Even if you're like I was a preferred walk-on, so I was recruited but not on scholarship for my first two years. All of these kids are recruited from a high school, and they were all the man in high school, right? Yeah. Like, they were all phenomenal athletes. Then you get to college, and as on any team, whether it's soccer, basketball, football, whatever, you're no longer the best in the room, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you might be, like, honestly, some of the – you might not you, even be close to the best. Right? You, we had we had five-star kids come in that, like, yeah, they were five-star kids in high school, but they got to, they got to college, and they weren't – They're going to get their ass kicked. They're going to get their ass kicked, and they yeah. couldn't handle the ego hit, and they didn't last. Yeah. Right? And so you, you get that big – I don't know that that big mix of egos and and people but when you come into a program that's a losing program and the upperclassmen are used to losing and there's not really a desire to change the culture or no. change oh sorry party fell on my bar. no that's that's the beer owner's fault <laughs> Thank goodness it's a leather couch, right? Yeah, and thank goodness I just have a rag to wipe my dog's paws with. That's just perfect. <laughs> ready on hand, right? By by the time we were seniors, we had some good underclassmen that had come in, and they ended up being the ones that like won won the Pac-12 South the next year. With that many people that are that used to losing, it takes so long to change a culture and get people on board with doing what you have to do. And, and it was pretty exhausting, you know, it was, it was frustrating, it was tiring. So it, you know, the, the team dynamic stuff was, was strange, it was weird. And I know like, for me personally, I, I came off as standoffish to most of my teammates because after the first season, I was like, man, like I can't do anything to get 120 other guys to pull in the right direction. No one's gonna listen to this walk on who isn't playing much. Like no one's gonna listen to him. What what can I do, right? So you should like show up and show up and and do your job. And there there was times where I had to look at what I was doing and think, yeah, I'd love to be playing. I'd love to be starting. I think I can. I'm I'm capable of doing it. To some degree, maybe I think I should be starting, you know, whatever that might be. But there were plenty of times where I just had to kind of take a step back and say, all right, what's what's the reality here? You love playing football and you want to play because you, you're competitive, right? That, that holds true with anybody who wants to play a college sport, I think. But at the same time, after my, first, after my sophomore year, they put me on scholarship and that was 
going into college, that was my main goal was, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to play in the NFL. I'm not doing anything professionally with athletics, but I love competing. I love playing. I don't want to stop. And maybe there's a way I can have it pay for my school. And that, like, that was my goal. So at, at the end of the day, I was thinking, all right, so you know what? Even if we're not winning, I'm, I'm still more competitive than anybody else in the room. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to win. But even if we don't win, you're done, Mike. All right, it, it's paying for my school. I'll show up. I'll do everything I have to. If the outcome isn't the way we want it, so be it. Like team sports, especially, is my coach always said that like show up and do whatever your your role is that day, that week, that month, the season. Like do it as best as you can. Right. And that's that's it. That's where we will find success. If you have 120 people, and in reality, you need most of those people to show up and do their job. Yeah. And they do that on a day-to-day basis, you're probably going to be successful. Yeah. But when you have a culture of a program that's just a losing program and you're not finding success, the majority of those people don't show up and just do their job, right? They just show up and go through the motions and get through it. So I would say that, like, I loved, if I compared my high school football to my college football, I loved, I loved high school sports in general. Yeah. Football, basketball, baseball, I loved every minute of it. Wouldn't change anything about it. College immediately changes. The player-coach relationship changes drastically. The team dynamic changes drastically, especially at a big school like that where you've got so many students, so many players and teammates. I don't think I would trade anything about my college experience other than I'd like to win a few more games. I'd like to, like, it would have been sweet to win. It would have been sweet to go to a bowl game, you know? Yeah. Like, all of that, all that stuff would have been really cool. So I guess, if anything, maybe I would have, like, I don't know, delayed it all by two years, yeah. you know? Like, Just if I could have delayed it all by two years, I would have had the same high school experience and then, they, you know, then a better college experience, but... But at the same time, the, you know, the coaches that recruited me and gave me an opportunity at CU were coaches that were gone after my sophomore year. So, you know, I maybe wouldn't have had that same opportunity. So I found that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have traded anything about my college experience. You know, I, I found a way to find a lot of value and earn a lot of, earn a lot of respect and learn a lot of lessons out of an opportunity that was given to me because I worked for it. Yeah. You know, and that was a pretty valuable thing to learn as a young person, I think. Were you looking anywhere else? Yeah, it was kind of... Well, let my dog in first before I answer that. So I grew up, grew up here. I grew up in... Grew up being a Buffs fan my whole life because my dad played football at CU. Dang. Um, he, played, he played football and baseball at CU. You know, when I was little, was like a huge Buffs fan. Could like loved CU, watched all the games. Didn't get to go to one until I was like nine years old or something, and thought it, like it was oh, the best. It was the, best. it was the best day of my life. I remember going with my dad and like walking in, and he had, like had me on his shoulders, and it was oh. so cool. And then I got to high school, and I went to a small private high school here in in Denver, and we had a historic football program in that it was extremely successful one of the winningest high school programs in the state, but it's a very small school. And so you don't necessarily get a ton of exposure or high school or like division one programs coming to that school to offer football scholarships, right? Like you're not playing 
I'm sure you're not playing like huge. No, you're not. You're not playing huge schools. You're not like playing two A. Two A. Yeah. So I you're 2A. you know, so you're playing a lot of the teams that we played were, you know, the smaller rural towns. Yeah. Right. And you're just like smack. Well, not necessarily. Like we, to be honest, we would smack the schools, the two A schools that were in Denver. Okay. The two A schools that were out in the, the plains country. and in the mountains. Those are the towns that actually have. You play the other two A schools in Denver, and all of those schools offer other sports other than football, right? So, yeah. like the the other schools in the in the metro area, their talent pool that they're picking from are like split between soccer yeah. and and football and tennis, right? You go out to Brush, I'm not sure they have a I soccer mean, team, never even heard of that. right? Like they they don't have a soccer team, they don't have a tennis team. Everybody there wants to play football, so yeah. like. We go out there and our football team is 33 people and their football team is 75 people. Oh my gosh. The teams out in the country, out in the mountains, they were they were the good teams to play. Dang. Needless to say, you, you weren't getting a lot of like high profile exposure to go play in college. Now, Division Two, II, Division Three, absolutely. We had every year there'd be, you know, if, if we had 10 kids in a graduating class, Eight of them had the opportunity to go play in college somewhere. In general, that was Division Two or Division Three. Maybe every five years you'd have someone that was going to go play Division One. We kind of got lucky that we had a couple of years in a row where we had Division One players, but none of them were ever scholarships. They were always recruited walk-ons and and situations like that. So anyway, that's the background of the story, and I love you know. Grew up being a huge CU fan, but by the time I got to high school, I was like, "All right, reality: am I gonna, am I gonna get a college scholarship to go play Division One football? Probably not. Like that's, that's probably not gonna happen." So I started. Did you have like opportunity at least for preferred walk-on? Yeah. So so as I was trying to make my decision, I tore my ACL before my junior year, so I didn't get to play my junior year at all, which hurts recruiting a little bit. So throughout my senior year, I was having a great year and had the opportunity to. Um, you know, their, their school of mines offered me a partial scholarship to play Division Two ball there. They have, they've got a great fantastic football team. Yeah. Trinity in Texas is a Division Three school that wanted me to go play there. And Occidental in California is a Division Three school. And then there was Division One schools that had, like, a preferred walk-on spot for me. Wyoming, CSU, Purdue, and Air Force. And Air Force is a little different story because it's not necessarily a scholarship situation. It's you know, that's just a whole different 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 can of worms. Which I was very close to going to Air Force. The decision came down to I was deciding whether I was going to go to Mines, whether I was going to go to Wyoming, or if I was going to go to Air Force. The C wasn't in the picture at all, and. I had sent my film up to them. There wasn't any interest really. They had just fired their coach and they had hired a new coach and they were kind of scrambling up there. Um, but they weren't really, in, you know, they weren't really interested in, in me at all. And I was okay with that. Like, I was like, all right, it's, it, it might be a stretch for me to go play at Wyoming. It might be. The day before I had this to make a decision, I got a call from the defensive backs coach at CU and said, hey, Rich, this is Greg Brown. And... Greg Brown's dad, Irv Brown, was a longtime legendary sports radio icon here in Denver. Uh-huh. And he used to be the head baseball coach at CU, who my dad played for. Wow. So um, you like you were like, yeah, so I, I, I didn't I I had met him maybe once when I was really little. Oh. 
and my dad and Greg coached together for a professional spring team, the Denver Gold, when one of those spring leagues was starting up. They knew each other well. Greg had, you know, he had gotten hired at CU that year and had seen my tape because I had sent it up there, but they were kind of scrambling and whatnot. And so the day before I had to make a decision, he said, hey, I know this is late, but have you, do you know what you're doing for school next year yet? I said, no, I've got some options, but I haven't made a decision yet. And the whole time I had also, I had applied to CU just as a school and gotten into their engineering school. And thought, okay, if if for whatever reason I decide I don't want to play ball, CU, the engineering school, wouldn't be a bad place to go. So I had already gotten in there. And he said, well, if you're interested, we've got a preferred walk-on spot for you. If you want it, you'd, you'd be in our 105 in fall camp and we want to see what you got. I just said, yeah, I'm in. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to him at all. I hadn't like gone up on a visit. I hadn't, it was kind of a, it was a neat story in that all of... All of like my high, my little kid memories of being a huge CU fan had kind of gone by the wayside, and I was okay with that, right? I had been, I was completely fine with not going to CU, but in in a flash, it all kind of came flooding back, and I was I was pretty pumped. So it all worked out really cool. My sister was at CU as well, so at the same time. Yeah, she's she's two years older than me, so she's three years ahead of me in school. Okay. Uh, So you know, it was cool to be up there with her and. Got to play to you and follow my dad. All that stuff. I'm sure that was so special for him. Yeah. Like being able to, like you can share that experience and obviously we have different team, different coaches, but being able to like step on the field and he gets it, like he yeah. losing, winning, whatever it is. No, um, I, that was definitely, having someone in the family that had been through it, even 35 years before me. Oh, you know. Like, the, the sports changed drastically, college sports, college football in particular, has changed so much in 35 years, but he's also a high school football coach, so he's still in touch with it all, you know, yeah. and, and knows what's going on, so it was, it was huge to be able to talk with him, you know, there's, he understood what I was going through, no one, you know, of, of 120 guys, there's not that many walk-ons, most of your teammates don't know what being a walk-on means. Yeah. I remember when I got put on scholarship, it was before practice one day, I went out, we went out and had practice, and one of my teammates who was, you know, on full ride, and he was a couple years, he was a year younger than me, I think, he, like, was chatting with me while we were on the sideline during practice, and he goes, so, hey, so you, you've been put on scholarship, what's that, like, what's that mean, like, you don't, like, that you don't have to pay for, for some classes anymore, or what, like, what does that mean? And like, it goes back to like, everybody has a different experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like to him, he had not once thought about the money or the financial impact of going to school or where you go to school. He didn't get that. Not only was I not going to have to pay for classes, I didn't have to pay for my books. I told him all that. I was like, yeah, so not only that, but I don't have, I get to eat with you guys now. Yeah. I get my meal. I like, can like walk into the, I don't have to like pack lunch and yeah, then walk I get, in and scan my fucking card. I get my meals. I get my books paid for. He goes, you have to pay for your food and your books? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, that's what it means, right? So, like, everybody has a completely different experience. And for me, it was cool that, like, my dad had had that experience and he yeah. got it. Did you ever think about coaching after school? Yeah, so I actually have. Or do you? I, I, you? I'm not this year. Um, this was the first year I haven't coached. Okay. I coached 
every year up until this last year, uh, my dad retired after last season. So I, I was coaching with him for the last seven years. Wow. Right out of school, essentially? Other than the year I lived in Chicago. Chicago. I guess for my experience, like I didn't realize how much I missed soccer until I wasn't just doing it. I wasn't around it. Like when I wasn't coaching anymore, I was like, "Wow, this is crazy." For me, like, there's no. I have yet to find something that equates to the competitiveness. Yeah. Right, yeah. and it and it drives me nuts when I can't compete at something. Some some people get that rush or get that urge from their job, right? If they're a salesperson and they're working on commission and. They, they find that competitive edge there. I, I don't. For me, it's got like, it's got to be a physical challenge to compete in with a team. That's a rush for me. Yeah. And when you stop playing competitive sports and you can't compete in them anymore, for me, the closest I've been able to find to that rush is coaching and being still being involved in it. I can still get my competitive itch from that. Can't really get it anywhere else. That I found anyway. Especially when it's a team, like it's so different. I just spoke with one of my friends about. I interviewed her, and she was like, "You're just in the trenches, like yeah, you're like getting yelled at or whatever, like running, whatever it is. The environment is so different now. There's no, and there's just nothing that compares to it, right? And no. you you can go through. I I have some of my best friends were my roommates in college that didn't play sports, and you know they. How did you meet them? Some of them were from high school. Okay. Some of them, Rio was in engineering school. I met you him. Just, yeah, he was my neighbor in the dorms. And then y'all. And then we lived together for the wow. next three years. We never made, we didn't make very many. Which is like, for me, one of the biggest suggestions. So I work with college kids now and I've coached, up until this year, I've coached high school kids. And one of the biggest suggestions or pieces of advice I give to any of them, if they are, a, if they are an athlete, is... To find a way to make friends and and live with people that aren't athletes, not even to try and like broaden your horizons or f- find different viewpoints, which that's definitely part of it. But just to find a break from from the team, you yeah. know, like you're with them so much. If you if I could go home and talk about something other than football with my roommates, that was a blessing. That that's definitely one piece of advice. But how did I get on that track? Um. What we were talking about before that. Here's what I was going to say, was all of those those people that you meet that aren't athletes or that haven't competed at a competitive level, that haven't been part of a hell week or, you know, which every college program, any sport has. My roommates, my friends in college didn't always get along with my teammates, right? But we all crossed paths, we all hung out together. And some of t- sometimes they would say, my you know, the, the friends that I had that weren't on the football team or weren't athletes would say, like, do we really have to invite him? Talking about one of my teammates. Like, do we really have to invite them? Do we have to include them? And and I, plenty of times I had to say, listen, you guys, you, you guys don't get it. You're my one of my best friends and, and I'm with you till we die. But you and I haven't gone through what he and I have. There, there's something else that we've done together that doesn't doesn't surpass or doesn't like diminish our friendship at all but there's just something you don't understand about what we've had to go through together that we've done that we've worked yeah. through that we've put our effort into that you just don't get and it's so hard to find that that's now. the biggest thing right you, you can't find that anywhere for me i haven't i don't find that at work i don't you know 
I, I don't find that anywhere except coaching. Because you can still be a part of, when you're coaching, you can, especially in a team sport, right? You can, not only can you be a part of that, but you can be, I don't know, the, the guiding voice behind that, yeah. right? Saying, hey, I'm not just making you do this to make you do this. I'm making you do this because, one, it does does affect how we play. It does affect our game. It does affect our planning. But also, you're going to be able to say that you've gone through all of this with someone. And there's always, there, there comes a point in a coaching career where you, know, are you, are you have to decide, are you coaching because you still want to be part of the team? One of one of the guys, one of the one of the girls, yeah. like because you still want to be one of them, or are you coaching because you love doing it and you want to have a positive impact on people, right? Like, there's gonna have to come that inflection point. At a certain point, you're not like you're no longer one of the guys. You're no longer part of the team. Yeah. Right. For me, I grew up. I grew up as the son of a football coach, and I saw the like the impact that he had on people, and to me, that was that was like the end goal of, all right, yeah, I definitely want to coach because I want to be able to have the same impact that he's had. But for the first five years of coaching, it was like, no, man, like, not only do I want to coach, but I want to be on the team. Like, yeah. I want to be part of it. I'm like, here in the locker room and doing all, like, team meals, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? Do you miss coaching? Oh, so much. Why didn't you do it this year? One reason, I got a new job this year and started working with this nonprofit, the Daniels Fund, that does incredible work and and I wasn't sure what the time commitment was going to be. Yeah. You know, it's pretty tough to start a new job and say, "Hey, by the way, like can I show up early and leave at like 2:30 every day so that I can go coach?" Yeah. Now, I I'd like to work that out in the future, maybe yeah. next year and see if that's possible. The Daniels Fund's values are definitely aligned with someone wanting to go have like a positive impact on on people. So, so that that was one reason. Another was that my dad retired. Yeah. And and there was some kind of administration changes at the school and things like that 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 didn't didn't really sit well. I, I still went to most of the games this year. My little cousin is a junior this year, oh. and it was killing me that I couldn't coach him. I'd go and I'd be standing on the sidelines, and he'd look over at me, and I'd like I'd yell so I'd yell some things out at him, and I couldn't help it. You know, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't help it. But probably the coolest thing was to go go to those games and, and the guys would be walking into the locker room at halftime and they'd see me standing kind of off in the corner and they'd come like out of their way oh. during the game and come say, Hey coach, like, thanks for being here. It's good to see you coach. Which is so like, that was so cool. I know you think back about the coaches you had. I just didn't realize how big of an impact they had until I started coaching Yeah. and realizing like, Holy shit. They put so much time and energy and effort into yeah every single practice interaction so many people don't see right like i thankfully one of the biggest things i'm thankful for is that i grew up with my dad being a coach so i like from a very young age i saw that and i understood like i very much understood how much time because i i grew up staying up past my bedtime sneaking downstairs and watching film with my dad and you know putting putting practice plans together and stuff like that. So I, I very much got that, which for me is why I loved high school sports so much because I, I get how much time it takes and how little money those people are earning, yeah. how big of an impact those coaches have on people's lives for no, no reward aside from 
they certainly get some personal gratification from it, but there's certainly not a financial benefit to it. You know, yeah. there's certainly, they're getting some personal gratification out of it and they're probably scratching their own competitive itch, right? Yeah. And that that's about the only benefits they get out of it. Aside from that, they're, they're just doing it because it's important, you know? Yeah, I mean, every coach I've had has talked about a coach that they had. Yeah. That made a big difference. That was, did you play any other sports besides soccer? I ran cross country and then I played lacrosse. Okay. And I did crew, I like rode for a few years. I was yeah. like, this, this sucks. Like, this sucks so bad. <laughs> you like can't hit anyone and you have to keep going. Yeah. On the field, I could, I mean, I played in goal, so I just was always standing, but. Yeah. And like in lacrosse, I could walk. Like if I needed to walk, like I could stop. Right. In crew, like. If you have to stop, like you, you get smacked. Stop. Yeah, you but can't stop. Work, like you can't stop. So <laughs> this blows. This sucks, and I can't see where I'm going. I'm facing the opposite way. Yeah. I just have to like trust that we're gonna do well. I it was not my gym, but my dad did it, so I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. But lacrosse, I really liked lacrosse. I probably could have gone somewhere just because lacrosse isn't as popular, and I think everyone fucking plays soccer. Right. So I, I think I just. I quit lacrosse and I was going, I had to leave the game early to go to state cup for our club team. And my coach was, she like knew ahead of time, like I, we had very Talk much cleared this out. And before the game, she was like, if you go, you're off the team. And I was like, okay, well, I'm already playing, I'm already going to college for this, for soccer, so I'm going to leave lacrosse. Like I'm leaving this game Yeah. and I will see you on Monday. I practice. Yeah. Um, and I left. And she didn't kick me off, but I was like, <laughs> I literally am playing this so I don't hate soccer. Right. And so I'm in shape and also, like, there's literally no one on this team. Yeah. We're also so bad. <laughs> like, we don't have enough people to field the team. Like, How are you going to kick someone gonna off? Kick me yeah. off? How are you going to kick someone um, off? So it was a very weird dynamic, but yeah, yeah lacrosse was fun. You played baseball? I played, I played basketball and baseball too. High school basketball was so much fun. That was, it was so, like, I probably could have been better at baseball had I put more time into it. Yeah, that's how But it was, it was a sport that I could go play, and, like, I didn't, I didn't need to put a ton of effort into it, and I was, I was decent. I wasn't great. You could, like, um, enjoy it. I could enjoy it. You're good enough to, like, yeah. have a fun time and play. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But football was, football was king. I loved every bit of it. Basketball was completely different than football, but was so much fun just because it was, it was like, you know, it was a tight knit group. It was 12 guys and you know, you're, you're together for five months. Yeah. Practicing late at night, early in the mornings on buses to games. And, oh God. High school basketball was a blast. You get heckled by crowds. Yeah. They, they could see That's... your face and that, you know, that was, that was so much fun. I know. I miss, like, I wish I would play other sports. I wish I could play volleyball at one point. It just seems so fun. Is that the sport, if you had to pick a sport that you didn't play that you wish you played? I think so. Whenever we would drive to practice and it's monsooning and it's kind of cold, we would always drive by the gym because it was on the way to our field and we were like, we should play volleyball. Yeah. This sucks. This sucks. And then at College of Charleston, we had a really good sand, we had a really good volleyball team and we had a sand team who was also very good. Okay. And so, if you played, you didn't have like a like a hell week. You didn't have preseason. I mean, yeah. you did, but it was like you played pre you played 
indoor and you played safe. safe. So you were always in season. Yeah. If that's the best. Like you're always just playing games. It's you just, always have matches. It's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Like you have fall, Christmas off, and the spring starts, it's and then you're play. playing at beaches. Yeah. Across play. the country. What a deal. Yeah. So I would have played volleyball. Yeah. What would you have done? I always wish I would have had a chance to play hockey. Okay. Hockey would have been a blast. Hockey looks fun. Yeah. Hockey would have been a blast. I I do think, I think I would have enjoyed lacrosse mm-hmm. uh, as a sport. I, and, and I'm not in touch with lacrosse at all or the culture around it at all anymore. Yeah. But when I was in high school, and, and this doesn't take anything away from the kids that I played with in high school because – some of them were some of the best athletes that were on our football team too. And they were great kids and, and people that are good buddies to this day. But there's a culture around lacrosse that mostly comes from the parents of entitlement. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that. I couldn't wrap yeah. my head around that. It was, it was tough. It was tough to understand for me. I went to a private school, a pretty wealthy private school. And the only reason I went there was because my dad worked there. Yeah. You know? And so I, like, there was a lot of times where I didn't quite fit in with the socioeconomic demographic at the school, you know? Yeah. And in large part, that was like, you know, the kids that wanted to play lacrosse and the kids that wanted to be on, on the lax team. Well, and, yeah. You know, like, yeah. that was, that was part of it. And again, nothing against those kids because they were all great friends, great buddies. And most of them were on the football team and I loved playing with them. Um, but like you said it yourself, you were like, I... When I got my scholarship at school, like I got it, like I worked my ass off. Yeah. And football definitely, at least to me, has that kind of. There's people on teams from every. Doesn't matter how much money or whatever it is that you have, you work your ass off, and for the most part, like it, it feels like you usually get rewarded if you're. Yeah. Have you ever coached high school? I haven't coached high school. I coached two. I coached club women tier two, so I coached. I called it at Metro, and then I coached two club teams. Yeah. And they were nine and ten okay. years old. Um, the parents were awful. The Some of the parents are, were great. The parents are the worst part about Most it. Most of the parents were not. Yeah. Um, I, like, almost kicked a guy out. I was like, if you open your mouth one, one more fucking time, you're off the sideline. You're leaving. <laughs> I'll take your daughter home. You're fucking leaving. He was like, sounds good. But the kids were great. I was not in a place where I could give them the experience I had. Yeah. And I felt really bad. I was also, I was like, I was working so much. It was in Westminster. Like, practice was at 5 p.m. 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah. And getting from Denver to Westminster at that time. time, And getting home at 6 p.m. Leaving in the field at 6 p.m. It was awful. I would like, it would take me an hour and a half sometimes to get there. And it was practice at Metro. It was at like, 5, 6 a.m., so I was gone for yeah. 15 hours a day. Um, I just wasn't. I would love to, I think, if I... High school would be fun. I would love to do... I don't know. I would love to do high school because it's just not as much traveling. Yeah. Um, I would love to do club because it had a big impact. It was way more competitive. I still coach... I do private lessons, private trainings. Do you? So I, like, I'm still with kids, I guess. But it's just different yeah. for the team. Coaching, I think, at Trigger's helps, though. It definitely, like, supplements me. Especially coach. there. There's more of a team environment there just centered around workouts than yeah. a normal gym. 
Yeah. And like even our staff, our like the the members that are there, like the people, the people that started as they all bring their friends and like then they bring their friends and it's just like the same not type of people, but it's the same personalities of yeah. people care about each other and people care about going outside and playing. And so people don't have the same lifestyle or background, but everyone has a similar goal. Yeah. To like move and do the do the gym so they can go outside. Yeah. Um, which is good refreshing. I don't know, it's hard to find people I mean at work. At least when I was working I was working in a bar in Charleston. Everyone had like such different lives. No one had similar goals. It was just the only goal was that like we all needed to make money. Yeah. But at Traverse, it feels like people have very similar goals. Outside of making money. Yes. Yeah. That was hard there's, to find. There's people to connect with. Yeah. You know? Which I, is I, one level or another. I, like, didn't make friends until... I mean, I made friends, but I've made, like, very genuine... Because he's just, like, I can click with people. Yeah. And that hasn't happened since soccer. Yeah. That's one of the toughest transitions is making friends outside of your teammates. Yeah. You know? It's not easy. Did a lot of your guys stay in Colorado? Uh, yeah. Yeah, quite it's a, a hard few. place to leave. Yeah, it is. And mo- like most didn't come from Colorado. Okay. You know, like most came from California. Majority came from California, Texas. And, and most stayed here after graduation. Um, or they didn't graduate, but they still stayed. It is a tough, it's a tough place to leave. There's so much to do. It's a great place to be. Like every place I've moved, I'm like, yeah, like I'm. I'll be here for a bit. I don't want to be like tied down. Yeah. I want to be tied down here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stay. Tie me down. <laughs> like whatever I gotta do. <laughs> what was the hardest part of after football for you? For me, it came down to find like, and I I still struggle with it now that I'm not coaching, but finding some way to compete. There, there's nothing in like the corporate world, the professional world, for me, that equates to that at all. And I tried for a while to envision a path professionally that would let that happen. And maybe you know, I'm, I certainly don't know everything, so maybe it exists somewhere, and I just, ha- I just didn't see it or haven't found it. Right. That, that was the biggest challenge, I would say. There's just no. You know, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll go to the gym sometimes, and I'll like I'll, I'll go have a great workout and and that kind of thing, and push myself. But at the end of the day, it's still like it's still not the same. Yeah. You know, it's it's I did something physical. I, I worked hard. I achieved a goal, but it wasn't with a group of people working towards a goal. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it it wasn't it didn't have that same value to it, right? So. That was the was and is the toughest part. Immediately after, it was probably the the physicality piece. What I I can't go do something physical like football anywhere. Yeah. That was that was the toughest transition. Then it kind of moved into less of the physicality piece and more of just like the the competitiveness. And and you know I think it will start to I'll, I'll probably never lose the competitive piece but then it'll probably morph into conversations I've had with my dad where he's he's 65 years old and two years ago we went to the the CU Nebraska game in Lincoln and 
he and I were walking on the sideline on the field, and the game was about to start, and he he like he stopped, and he had like he grabbed me by the arm, he stopped and grabbed me. He goes, "It's been forty five years, and let me tell you, you're still gonna miss it forty five yeah. years later." You know, and then like there's there's just things about it that unless you unless you've done it, unless you've been there, you know, there, there's a chill to it. There yeah. it makes makes your hair stand up. There's there's an adrenaline rush to it. All, all of that, that where, where else do you find it? Yeah. You know, where else do you find it? And for me, if you don't find it, am I going to go nuts? You yeah. know, like, like am I going to drive, am weird. I going to drive myself nuts trying to find the same, the same thing? Yeah. And I, that's, I mean, I don't know if, I don't have an answer for what it would be. It's like, you might not find that specific thing like you might some, find something else that helps alleviate yeah. or right. there's got to be something that comes close so for me for now coaching has been the closest to it yeah with the exception of a couple of like really really intense adrenaline rushes like I went I rode a bull a few summers okay. ago and that was yeah that's like that was an adrenaline rush <laughs> like no other you know, and you can't do that every day. I mean, you could do that every day. I could, right? And I've thought about it, right? Like yeah. if, if like that definitely, <laughs> that definitely hit the excitement level, right? <laughs> I don't know if you'd be sitting here if you I, do that every day. You know, definitely not. So there's, there's a limit to how far you can push it, right? So, you know, am, am I going to go crazy or am I going to do something way too stupid trying yeah. to find trying something to find that matches? Yeah. That's what like I found in Going to the mountains, trail running, or like snowboarding, you're getting better every time you do it. Yeah. There's people that are way better. There's people that are way worse. But it's not the team dynamic. No, it's still not the team. So like every little thing I do, I find like I find myself trying to make it into a competition. Same. You know, like you go snowboarding. Like someone will be running down the street. There was a guy running, and I. I was hauling ass so I could just pass them. I can't be on a treadmill at Traverse and not look at the person screaming next to me and say, like, I'm, I'm going like, like, to up, up, yeah. up, up, no, up. Like, I've got to be faster than you, right? Like, snowboarding is a competition, yeah. right? Like, I've got buddies and friends that are much better than me, but I'm going to, like, I'm not going to slow them down. Like, I'll, I'll break my neck before yeah. I let them, before I'm slowing them down. Yeah, so I'm like, I will either, or I'm like, do not fucking wait on me. And then I'm yeah. bombing so uncomfortably down the hill so I can, like, just keep them in sight. And so I'm like, yeah, no, 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 it's nothing. It was easy. Like, whatever. I'm, I'm, so I'm to the point where I make little, just like little chores in competitions. Like, if I, if I'm making coffee and... I make it. I make it by like boiling water and put it in a French press, right? So I'll like I'll turn the stove on. And I'll boil water and I'll see if I can empty the dishwasher before the water boils. You know, like everything's got to be a competition. Like we've got to do this, got to do that. That's what I'm like. I'm so. I try to be so efficient. Yeah. And I did that today. I'm like, okay, there's seven minutes left in this podcast. I'm going to um, season the cast iron. Bake it, and at the same time, I'm also gonna empty the dishwasher and make sure that I can like get everything done. Right. And there's sometimes where where you're living with people or you're around people that just don't don't get why you're like that. You know, like what what are you doing? Like just like take it easy. Like like no, I'm I'm I I've got a goal. Like there's I gotta just let me do it. 
I, that's why I'm like, I think being so busy, I make myself so busy all the time because I'm used to being so busy all the time. When I'm not busy, I don't get things done. Yeah. Which is probably good. It, like, to a degree. But then I feel shitty for not getting things done. And then I don't get anything. Then I'm like, right? I'm just. Then it, like, it turns into a downward spiral, yeah. right? Like, so I just book all my, like, I'm like, I just have to have all my things in order. I'm the same way. I've got to be, I've got to be busy. I have to have a project like if I'm if I'm at work and there's something dull or like I'm not busy at work I've got to find something to do so I have a list of projects to like to work on the house yeah things that I need to fix here and do that if I'm not busy at work I've got to be doing something yeah like, I, I'm the same way I need to book myself with with things and that's part of the reason why I miss coaching so much because I've been so used to a schedule waking up early going to the gym going to work leaving coaching practice planning going to sleep yeah like, and during that i'm always like oh it'd be so nice to just have a day right to just sit but then i have a day to just sit i'm like this this sucks this sucks right like i don't want to get up i want to get up early and work out but then i'm like i don't really need to but really then i don't get up and do it i'm like well, i'm not gonna do it and then my day is like well i can just do this later yeah and then i don't do it later grass is almost greener than yeah. that's that's me too i've got to be busy i've got to i've got to have a ton of things to do and i'll get them all done yeah. and i like i might lose some sleep yeah. because of it but a lot of sleep it's much better for me to be that way than to be left with like what nothing to do what okay last few questions all right. I just realized it's almost eight. But how long do you, how long are the episodes usually or how long do you usually on these? Yeah. Usually they're anywhere from forty five ish to an hour. It's so fun to listen back though. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes I like black out. Like, Forget what you talked about. Like Definitely. If you're you now had to tell yourself something a month after you were done playing, what would you say? A month after I was done playing. I probably would have told myself to go play in Europe. There was at the and it, it's still a thing. European football is still a thing. There's still leagues there. At the time, there had been a couple of my teammates ahead of me that had gone and played in Europe a little bit. And one of my teammates that was the same age as me had gone and done it. And I had the opportunity to. And I thought, oh, like, what's the point? I'm not going to go play somewhere professionally in the NFL. Like, I'm, that's, this isn't going to get me anywhere. Yeah. Might as well start my career. So then I took a job that the job didn't get me anywhere other than live in Chicago for a year, which again was great and I yeah. loved it. But I could have, I could have gone and just like kept playing. I I I'd have been okay with living paycheck to paycheck for a year in Europe. Yeah. Playing football for your shits and giggles and. Yeah, it's so like it's funny looking back now and you're like, wait, I could have easily made that work. Yeah. And now it's like I probably it'd be a lot tougher to make that work. Yeah, I would have done that for sure. I'm trying to think what else. I probably would have said you might as well coach in college for a year. I had the opportunity to coach as a GA. At CU? Yeah, right when I moved back from C from Chicago. I don't have a desire to be a college football coach necessarily yeah. at all. But I don't know, just being, being a part of it for another year yeah, or and two. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the guys you would have still known. A lot of the coaches would have been the same. The, fret, the guys that were freshmen would have been juniors or seniors but aside from that you know if you take the football stuff out of it which I guess changes the whole parameter of like the question of a month after you're done playing right but I don't really have that many regrets or anything mm -hmm. you know I wouldn't I wouldn't really change anything about certainly a playing career 
anything like that. What about you? What would you tell yourself a month? Has, has mm. that question been flipped on you? Well, I think one time maybe, but I think I would have said, I think that the first thing that comes to my mind is like, it's not that serious. Yeah. Everything will be fine. Regarding athletics, your career and life in general. In general. Well, yeah. Like it's like, agree. it feels so big when you're in it and like when you're done. Right. It but feels like, like the end all be all, yeah. right? Like that's, like, that's what you've done. That's, that's you know. I think when you were saying that, like you lived with someone who wasn't in it, I was lucky that like I worked at a coffee shop in a bar yeah. with people who didn't even know like I played soccer. Yeah. So it was a nice refresher. Like in Charleston, smaller. I don't know. You can like, you know everyone and I would have said like, it's not that serious. Yeah. Like you're going to have a, a life. Yeah. Life will go on. This. You're going to be just fine. And honestly, I wish I would have played for a year Yeah. after. I wish I would have just like just find some way to play. Yeah. yeah. I There's people still playing who in, when I was playing, I was like, they're not that great. I mean, they're good, but yeah. but they're like playing on really good teams. And yeah. It's kind of cool to see. I mean, they definitely got better. and Sure. But they took the chance to just live somewhere new. And right. I wouldn't change it. I, I wouldn't have been in Colorado, I don't think so. Yeah. I love it here. and. The people and the things I've done. Funny how life works out, huh? It is funny. It's funny how it works, right, Sue? That's right. Do you have any more questions? Well, I actually, yes, I have two more. Right. But they're like much lighter. What would your walkout song be? Okay. I, I get asked this question a lot. I don't really? know. Really? Well, because I go to base, I, I love going to baseball oh, games and there's always okay. a walkout song, right? So we, we end up having that conversation a lot. One might have to be A Boy Named Sue. Okay. Because, so. because Johnny Cash and then I named my dog after that song. That's one. I was always a person that like I never got. I didn't need music to get pumped up. Okay. You know, I like before a game, before whatever. I preferred to listen to music that was like more calming and That's... I guess more like introspective. I, I don't know what the right way to say it, but it wasn't yeah. like amped and upbeat. I more needed to just like listen to something or like put my mind at ease. Just like think about yeah, things, like right? Like, like like very even it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of even it out, be even keel. I'm sure um, that has to do it too with like your competitiveness. You have that intrinsic like motivation already. Gonna compete no matter what, right? Like I don't need music, the gym and the weight room and stuff. Like I've, I've never needed music to like pump me up to work out. Pick songs like that, A Boy Named Sue. There's an old, old country song by a guy named Guy Clark and it's called The Last Gunfighter Ballad. And that was a song that when I was... I don't know, when I was probably like six years old, my dad used to say that he would, he had that song on a tape cassette and it was the song that he oh, would listen, cool. he would listen to that song before, like that was the last song he would listen to when he was in high school and college and for like the early part of his coaching career. Before he would before he Before he turned the truck off. Wow. Before, before whatever, right? And so... I started listening to that when I was in high school and forever that's been like the last song that I've listened to before before I ran out on the field before yeah, I played basketball wh whatever it might be to this day if there's something competitive or intense that I'm doing that's the last song that I listen to and so again it's not 
amped up. It's not in, intense, but it's a, it's it's just kind of the, it's the story of this badass dude, and you know, it, it's more just kind of listening to the story and calming down a little bit. And, yeah, get and, out of your head, own head. And, yeah, yeah. Listen to the story, grit your teeth, and get after it. So I probably picked that one, I'm which to to it. is a little odd that like the lockout song would be a old country song, but hey. Whatever you gotta do. Is what it is. What would your lockout song be? So I feel like I always I love International Players Anthem by UGK. Okay. It's just like yeah. I love that song. I don't know what it is. That and like No Ceilings by Lil Wayne. Yeah. I, I like very southern rap. The thing that always gets me is that I could also pick the first thirty-five seconds of Mr. Carter. That's fair. Not even to have it be a song. Just have it, like, walk yeah. out to Lil Wayne just saying, I feel big. Yeah. Not in a sense of weight and gaining weight or nothing like that. Like, colossal. Oh I could have that be my walkout well, song. Like, and everyone would be and You would and Right? That's hilarious. Yeah, Which would be, that'd be, that'd be that's cool. Pretty, like, that's an epic one. I could definitely pick <laughs> that part of that song and have it. Yeah. That, yeah. the Carter three was like, the, one of the, I've got a big spectrum, right? Like yeah. the last gunfighter ballad, like <laughs> yeah. country music from the seventies versus, <laughs> yeah, on a cassette versus the Carter three, which came out when I was a freshman in high school. And yeah. is to this day, one of my favorite albums. I mean, that's like every t I always go back to International Players Anthem. I would like listen because I lived 40, 45 minutes from high school. So my drive was really long. And it was like I would just listen to it on repeat so I could memorize the whole song. Yep. And I've definitely been in situations where it comes on and no one, there's like four people that know it. And I'm like, people are like, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> How the, what are you doing? <laughs> I love the walkout songs that people can sing along to. Oh yeah, this w would have been before you moved here, but grew up a big Rockies fan, obviously, uh, as you can tell. You know? Yeah. Troy Tulowitzki, Tulo, was our shortstop for a while, and he always, for like five years in a row, he picked the Miley Cyrus song as a walkout song. It was great. That's like Sweet Caroline. Yeah. I'm like, this is so great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For the people, you know? He had Party in the USA. He had The Climb. Like, <laughs> the Climb. Oh, yeah. He had The Climb as a walkout song. For his I know, right? That's a dramatic song. Sad song I'd, I'd go for that as my walkout song. Gets the team in their fields. Oh, yeah. You know? That's funny. I know. I'd be torn between that. Like a song that people can sing along to, but I don't know. I think I'd be the person that's like, I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. What is your hottest take? My hottest take about sports? Just in general. In general. Like, like oh, about man. anything. I know. Um, that's broad. That's very broad. Okay, here's my hottest take. The Jungle Book is the best movie of all time. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, I, it's a really good movie. That's the best movie. I mean, I can't say, like, you're... You're wrong, because I think it's great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Of all time? Of all time. The Jungle Book is the Bef greatest movie like, of all time. Before, like, funny movies? Oh, yeah. The Jungle Book is funny. I mean, I mean, it's like, 
It's good. Oh, it's funny too. I need to. I haven't watched it in yeah. years. It'll make you laugh. I need to watch it. It'll make you laugh. What's it on? I, I'm, it's on Disney Plus, I'm sure. Oh, let's jump. Okay, maybe I'll try and watch it. Too. Oh yeah. I got a lot of things to do. The Jungle Book. Yeah. To. The Jungle Book, best movie of all time. Wow. That's that's, that's my a, hot that's take. That's a hot take. Right? No, no one can come up with that <laughs> one. I guarantee you. That is. I quote the Jungle Book a lot more than a thirty-year-old man should. But. Honestly, I feel like I've the Jungle Book a sour taste in my mouth for that because when I was like ten, I was at my cousin's house for Christmas, and their grandparents. So they weren't my direct grandparents, but okay. it was like my aunt Mary and my uncle. It was his parents. Gotcha. But they got like my cousins got the best Christmas gifts. Like they got all this cool stuff, and then I got the Jungle Book. <laughs> I was like, what the what am I supposed to do with this book? Oh, you got the actual book. I got the, the book. Oh. And they got like cool art stands and like cool toys. And you got, and a, I got book. a book. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like ten years old. I'm yeah. like, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> so I was pissed off at the jungle book. The actual jungle book book. Yeah, the book. So I never gave it a fair chance. The movie the movie's worth it. I was okay. close to naming Sue Bagheera. Just because it looks like yeah. a Black Panther. That's but Sue. Sue fits better. Sue's better. But I still, I still call him Baggy Britches every now and then because that's what Bagheera gets called in the movie. I asked him if he would marry a panther because that's from the movie too. Did you? Isn't there a new one where it's like the a live action one? Did you watch that one? I did. Yeah, and it was actually pretty good. Not to the same standards. And I'll say that I have gotten in very very heated arguments with one person individual about whether the Lion King or the Jungle Book is better. And to this day, I will die on the hill that the Jungle Book is a better movie than the Lion King. But the live action version, the Lion King was better than... Hey, Sue. Lion King was always a really good movie and I really enjoyed it. But it also was, for someone who's like whose dad is their idol and... Like, it's like the end all be all of yeah. like it's awful it's it is so, so traumatizing to watch this is to, to watch Mufasa die like that is every horrifying <laughs> and it spoiler was spoiler alert yeah if you haven't seen the Lion King yeah, sorry all right my my last question for you is because we came from different sports and different backgrounds in sports if you if you were giving advice to a high school athlete based on your experience, mm. what advice would you give them? They're leaving high school and they're going to play in college. Okay. I would or say they want to play in college. They're not necessarily going to. Be open to all the different opportunities that if you're able to go to college, it comes with that. I think being open to new experiences. I was very close-minded to, I was just very on the like, I'm going to play D1 and that's it. Yeah. And... I'm gonna play at a school that I think I'll have the experience that I thought I wanted. Yeah. And I loved my experience, but I think I could have gotten a really good experience in a lot of places. And I was not open to that. What would you say? I would say, I would say play as many sports as mm -hmm. you can. I don't know the club soccer world all that well, but I know the club baseball world relatively well and compete with the club lacrosse world fairly often. And I think coaches that are at the club level that encourage students or, or kids to not play for their high school or not play multiple sports are doing a kid a disservice. I would agree. Um, 
I had so yeah, I had so much fun in all the sports I played. Yeah. And you meet different like basketball, you're like you're on a team with this tiny team. You become close with these guys that you probably wouldn't be close with. Yeah. And And you don't even, you don't even have to be good at the other sports, but if you like one sport, play every sport you can. Yeah. Cause you're you're gonna have fun playing other sports. You're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna have a blast. You're gonna you're gonna meet new teammates, you're gonna hang out with new teammates. Um, kind of gives you a break too. Gives you a break, but you're also gonna like you're gonna be a better athlete for yeah. it. You know, there there's certainly an advantage to it. But I would I would take advantage of any opportunity they can to play more sports. Yeah. Like have as much fun as you can. There's only a few times in your life where you can play three sports or four sports. For real. You know, take advantage of like, it. I was like playing some days I'd have like two practices. Yeah. It's like I was playing the same amount of sports like the time that I was in school today. Yeah. Like that's so cool. That's great, right? Like I just played like five hours of for not me. like active, but like around teammates for five, six hours. Yeah. It's so fun. For me the summers in high school were so much fun because we would go we had a, a summer league basketball team for the high school like if you wanted to play basketball that next year you should play on the summer tournament team for basketball yeah. right and you should play on the summer baseball team too and then for football we would have seven on seven tournaments or you know we would just have workouts and and kind of player run practices in the mornings so we'd we'd wake up and we'd go out to school and we'd go work out and then we'd go throw routes or play seven on seven and from there we would go to our basketball tournament at metro and we play three basketball games and then the three of us that were on the baseball team would drive down to legacy high school and play in our baseball game yeah and then we'd go to sleep and then like the Do next morning we'd wake up and we'd go back out to school and we'd play like you know if it was wednesday then we would stop at hooters because it was all you can eat wings on wednesdays and like it was a nonstop summer of just playing sports, hanging out with your buddies, having fun. And, yeah. you know, if if you're in a position where you've been told that you have to play one sport, otherwise you're not going to have an opportunity to play in college, then your summer turns into every day doing the same thing, the same sport, and, and it gets dull. I think that goes with life, too. Oh, definitely. Try as many things as is available. Yeah, I agree with that. And Sue does too. Sue, that's why you have so many toys. Well, thank you. This was so fun. Oh, it's great. It's so fun to like get to know people on just like such a different level. And I don't know, we've never I feel like talked about. Yeah. I've never heard much about your experience, and it's fun to talk about it. It is. I agree. I like hearing other people's stories too, so I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for asking. It was nice. Like sometimes it's just like me grilling people. So it was nice having it the place. Yeah. It takes the pressure off. There you go. Now everybody that's listened to episodes and whatnot can can hear your answers too. Oh, I know. I hope it's been recording the whole time. I hope so too. Because that would be... We can do it again if not. We just run it back. Not tonight. <laughs>